At Our Father's House, our prayer is that you will be blessed and strengthened by the power of Jesus Christ. We would like to thank you for joining us today as we study God's Word. Now let's join Pastor Odie. All right, it's good to see you. Uh, Ephesians, guys, we're going to throw up Ephesians 1, 17, verses 17 and 18 at the beginning of our word. And also John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. If you guys want to be looking at those verses, John 5, 1 through 9, St. John's Gospel. And then we'll also look at uh, uh, Psalm 51 and 10, verse 10. The first thing you want to do... uh, uh, visitors, we recognize our visitors. Who's visitor here? Raise your hand. First time, first time here. If you're the first time here, okay, awesome. Yeah, give those folks a hand. Calvin, one of you guys, make sure they get cards, please, and fill those out for us. We're glad you're here. We welcome you. Hallelujah. Uh, Ephesians one. Now let's stand. I just want us to stand and honor the word. Then you're going to be able to sit down, and I'll be the only one standing. Uh, Ephesians 1, verse 17, what the scripture says here uh, is that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. I speak that you're going to get revelation of the word this morning. I said, I speak that you're going to get revelation. I make a proclamation that that the word that I speak to you this morning is not going to fall on deaf ears. I speak that the word I speak to you this morning will be revealed in your hearts. That the Lord will speak into your hearts. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, I want you to say, open my eyes, Lord. I want you to say it like you mean it. How about this? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. That I may see you. Now, we're going to read John chapter 5. We'll read our text. Wow, I feel that, that wisdom and revelation is going to come forth. Amen? Do you receive that? Say, I receive it. John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches, which Bethesda actually means house of mercy. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Somebody say, messed up folk. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, 
whatsoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Somebody said that's a long time. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, and I'm reading the King James, of course, but wilt thou be made whole? Basically what he said was, do you want to be well? Interesting question, right? The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. For while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately, Sister Diane spoke last night about suddenlies, right? And suddenly, immediately, the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Let's pray. Father, we, we, we ask, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your word. Father, we thank you this morning for your spirit that we sense in this room. We speak now a supernatural anointing over your word. Let it speak to all of us in this room this morning. We ask that you add your blessing to it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone in the room says, Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Look at your neighbor and say, this word is for me. Look at them again and say, it might be for you too, but I promise you it's for me. Now, so everything that I speak to you this morning, you just think about the person you looked at in the mirror this morning. Amen? Somebody say amen. Amen. What we're going to preach this morning is sitting by the pool. My subtitle, Daniel, is A Place of Breakthrough. Sitting by the pool. Has anybody ever sat by the pool? How many likes to sit by the pool? You know, maybe if you have a pool or if you you go on vacation or whatever, you like to just sit by the pool, right? And do nothing. Amen? So let me ask you a question now. Does anybody want breakthrough? If you want breakthrough, shout amen. Amen. Come on, I'm going to say it again. If you want breakthrough, shout amen. Amen. Now, I'm not necessarily just talking about corporate breakthrough. I'm talking about personal breakthrough. Is there anybody in the room that wants personal breakthrough? Do you understand that personal breakthrough brings corporate breakthrough? Man, this gentleman, the unnamed person, 
that had an infirmity for 38 years. He was at the right place at the right time. Divine appointment. Amen. Not a church service. Not a conference. Amen. But he was in a place where Jesus passed by. I mean, it's, it's more important. It's not, you, you got to get this now. It's not so much about the place, but it's about whether or not he's there. Because you can be in the largest cathedral in the nation and it be dead. On the other hand, you could be on top of the chained rock and if Jesus passes by, something's going to happen in your life. So that's the important thing that Jesus passes by. Somebody shout amen. So in verse 1, we see that Jesus was in town for one of the Jewish festivals, but he took a detour. He took a detour through the sheep gate. You know what this was? I don't want you to miss this. This was a meeting within the meeting. You'll get that in a second. It was a meeting. He was in town, Blake, for one of the Jewish festivals, but it was a meeting within a meeting. So we need to have a meeting within the meeting. Amen? We need to have a meeting with him within our... So often, well, you know, used to people called church meeting, a meeting place, you know, the church. We had a good meeting, had a good meeting. Well, did Jesus show up or did you just have a good meeting? Amen. You all got to help your pastor now. Don't leave me hanging up here. So we need to focus on the meeting within the meeting. Not just to be in this place, but a meeting, a divine appointment with the king of kings. Amen. And so what we have here, and then he goes to, the, the, to this pool. In verse 3, in verse 3, in verse 3, it says, In these lay a great multitude of ancient folk, of blind, hot, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. So here we have the lame, the disabled, the dysfunctional, the gossipers, the drug addicts, the prostitutes. Come on, I need some. I need some. Here. I need a gossiper. Come here. Random, Isaac. Sit down right there. Come here, Blake. Lame. Come on. You're a prostitute. I was. Sorry. You guys sit in a circle, can you? Just relax. We need each chairs, really. Come here, Wes. Addicted. Addicted. Come here, Bo. Blind. <laughs> so we got all these people sitting by this pool, right? And they're all messed up. You know, and you could say, well, you know, they're just lame and, you know, they're, they're, they're physically lame or they're physically blind, but... How many of us, we got a whole lot more people messed up in the church that can walk and see, but they got a whole lot of other problems. So we got people that are 
in the church, you know, we got people that are, that are full of, uh, come on, come here, Mitchell. Help me out. I know you just read that, right? We got people in the church that are full of pride. Sorry, Mitchell. So you got people that's got all these problems, right? Messed up folk. Now, do you understand? Now, I just got these people out here to, to, to illustrate this. And, but do you understand that everybody sitting next to you has a situation? Everybody sitting next to you has a condition. Right? Everybody here has, has a problem. Come on, somebody help me preach. So Jesus comes, and there's this man that's been in this condition for a very long time. You know, and, and, and a lot of people would say, no reason to bother him. He's always been that way. 38 years. I'm just going to be honest with you. I always hated the statement, that's just the way they are. That's just what they need to fix. Come on. Don't, we, we can't just look at people and say, well, that's just the way they are. They're, you know, somebody's arrogant and rude. Well, that's just the way they are. No, they need, to, they need to pray. They need to get that taken care of. We accept things. We'll say, well, that's just Brandon. He's always been that way. You know, Brandon was rude to me. Brandon smarted off to me. Ah, that's just Brandon. You know, that's just his way. Long time. Everybody say long time. Come on. He's been that way a long time, right? And everybody say, we just, we just, he's never going to change. Are y'all with me? How many can say you need to change? Is there anybody in here that needs to change? Come on. Is there anybody in the house that needs to change? I think most everybody raised their hand. But what Jesus did, stay with me, guys. I'm going to use you just in a second. Don't they look good? Well, what Jesus did, Jesus looked at the worst situation. We, we often think God can only deal with what's on the surface. Just what we see. Everybody's able to hide everything else. Your emotional problems, your spiritual problems, the things you're dealing with inside. We fix up what people can see and we get all dressed up and we clean up and well, you know, we comb our hair and, and uh, well, some of us comb our beards. And, uh, but we come to church and we want everything to look good and we put on this face when we're, in fact, we got all kind of issues. Are y'all with me? Somebody shout amen. How many wants breakthrough? Breakthrough happens when you are willing for the hidden to be exposed. When you are willing, you know what it's called? It's called surrender. When you're willing to say, I got some stuff on the inside that needs to change. Amen? So in verse 6, Jesus looks at him, and it seems that Jesus overstates the obvious. Basically what he says is, do you want to be well? But the fact is, people come to church regularly and have no desire or no intention to change. 
Do y'all love you, Pastor? Can I just preach you to the truth? All right, wait just a second. Preaching to me. Good preaching, Pastor. Tell us. Because I want to hear, right? We need to hear. How many wants to hear? Again, people come to church, Terry, all the time with no desire or no intention to change. Amen? Somebody shout amen. And that's, you know, I've been challenging our leadership. I've been challenging people to look within. But there's areas that we don't want, we don't want to touch. There's areas that we don't want to deal with. Just keep it, keep that, don't, just keep that part back. Amen? You know, you guys know we own a couple gyms and we've been in the gym business. I was, I was preparing these notes and I had this thought, we've been in the gym business for a long time. And, uh, well, I guess 13 years now, 12. Where's Jacob? James, they know. 12 years. And you have these people come into the gym all the time and they'll work out. Ryan, Scott, Charles, you have these people. I'm not, and I'm not going to say these are these guys. I'm just saying that's some people, Calvin. But uh, you have these people come in the gym and they want to work out, and you mention legs. Mm-mm. I don't do legs. No, no, sorry. Chest day. That's my day. Right? Just show me the bench press. I call it the ego bench. That's what we named it, the ego bench. Say, so what day are you doing legs? Don't do legs. Don't go there. We had this one guy at our Harlan gym years ago, and he is, man, he was big. You know, Dwayne, he had beefed up really big, and he never worked legs. Wanda told him one day, she, she made him mad. She said, if you don't start working legs, you're going to fall over. Because <laughs> his chest was huge, and his arms were huge. We had little skinny legs because he never worked them. She said, you're going to fall over. He got mad. He got offended. He didn't take too kindly to that. But, uh, I mean, she was just making a joke, you know. But people, there's areas that they don't want to touch. Y'all remember the movie Space Jam? What did Bill Murray say? Ho, 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 ho. Y'all know the line, right? I don't play defense. Remember that? They're coming up with a game plan. We're on, you know, they're on defense. No, 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 no. I don't play defense. So, we bounce around this word, and we eat all the stuff that tastes good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. But there's areas that we avoid because we don't want those areas in our lives touched. Maybe it's been that way for 38 years. Just say it. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to change. Come on, look at them and say, it's time to change. But here's the deal. You guys all right? You guys are good? You guys are doing good? You need a campfire down there, right? You can listen to me preach. But it don't matter what I say if your attitude is I'm not going to do it. Your mind's made up. 
you know what? I can preach until these guys have to carry me out on a stretcher. But if you have the attitude that says, I will not change. Y'all got to help me. So sitting by the pool, 38 years, look at the people next to you guys. Everybody next to you has a condition. Look at the people next to you. Everybody next to you, you need to look at Randy. Just kidding. Everybody next to you has a condition. We tend to hide ours. Again, you can hide the emotional or the spiritual, but you, everybody sees the flesh. But you can cover these other things up even though you've lived in that condition for a long time. You know, there's areas of your life, again, you know, I've been pastoring for a long time. And I've counseled a lot of people. Over the years, I've counseled a lot of people. And I've had people come into my office and say, I need you to pray for our marriage. My spouse is a jerk. It's the only word I can think of. My spouse is whatever. I've had people come in and say, pray for my children, they're unruly. And I'm not saying these aren't issues. They're issues they need to be dealt with. I've had people come in and say I'm addicted to pornography. Yeah. I've had people come in, all kind of things, and say, but something I noticed, I've never had anybody walk in my office and say, Pastor, I need you to help me pray. I'm selfish. Or I'm filled with pride. I've never had that one. Usually, well, most all the time, it's they have an issue with someone else. Right? I've never had nobody say, I need you to pray for me, man. I got some issues in my heart. Are y'all with me? Are y'all receiving the word? If you're receiving the word, say amen. It's those areas of our life, and I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to preach this script. I'm going to preach this, this in a way you've never heard it preached before. I've preached this message before in another way, but today we're preaching it in a new way. Is that all right? Amen. So somebody say, I need to be free. You know, I never had nobody come in and say, I need God to set me free from me. Amen. Uh, you know, and here's the thing. You know, it would, it would be great if our circumstances around us would change. But what if we could say to God, this is the place. Do a work in me. Do a work in me, Lord. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. How many can say that? You know, create in me a, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit. How many, know, how many some can say you need to have a right spirit? Renew a right spirit with it. How many can say there's times that you need your spirit changed? Amen? Are y'all praying for you, Pastor? Verse 6, so Jesus asked this question. Look what it says. And Jesus saw him. He knew he'd been this way a long time. In that case, he said to him, do you want to be well? He didn't say, do you want 
your circumstances around you to change. He said, do you want to be well? Because we all have circumstances around. And, and I wish those could always be changed, right? How many of you would like to see some circumstances in your life? Come on. If you'd like to see some things around you change. You know, we have issues with our boss. We have issues with, like I said, with our spouse. Uh, so evidently the man doesn't hear well either. Look what he says. Jesus saw him lie there. had been a long time. So he answers. You see the answer. You know, Jesus says, you know what Jesus says? Jesus says, do, do you want to be well, not do you want to feel better? Oh, let me take my time here. Sometimes we come to church to feel better. But do you want to be well? You know, we, if we get a headache, we take a Tylenol. If we get a stomachache, we take a Nexium. Amen? Sometimes if we feel bad, we come to church. There's nothing wrong with that, but church is not meant just to make you feel better. Jesus came to make you well, to make you whole. Amen? Somebody shout amen. If you're receiving the word, say amen. Church is not a Tylenol. And we've made the the church the pool a comfortable place. In fact, many churches have strived to make it a comfortable place. Whatever you do, don't make people uncomfortable. We want them to be comfortable here. Right? Are you all with me? We've made it a place where we can be around others who have similar disabilities and feel normal with our own dysfunction. So we just kind of blend in, Liz, like the guys by the pool. We come to where everybody has all these disabilities, and then we blend in, and we can feel normal with our own dysfunction, but nobody's changing. Amen? Somebody shout amen. I got to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you something. Danny Tuttle, it could be because of the message I'm preaching. But I promise you, I sat in in that little Baptist church in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky yesterday. And Dwayne got more amens at a funeral than I'm getting in a church service. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. There wasn't but three white people in there, but the blacks know how to have church. I'm sitting there thinking, man, you know, we get, they're getting more amens in a, in a, which they didn't call it a funeral, memorial service than we do on a regular Sunday morning. The Wayne say something, something good, boy, and that pastor would say, say it again. Say it again. They liked it so good, he said, say it again. We got to get past this thing of saying, Hurry up and get it over with so I can go to KFC. <laughs> it's all I can think of. These folks from Ohio are laughing. You'll get used to that. So I'm just hanging out by the pool with no desire to change. Do you know that some things never change? 
But prayer changes us, right? Somebody say, change me, Lord. So he's here, he's here at verse 3 at the pool of Bethesda, which is a house of mercy. Do you understand? It's, it's a house of mercy. It's got five porches, which is the number of grace. Jesus comes walking in. This is where they are. And they don't even realize where they are. Are y'all with me? Look at verse 4. I'm going to preach this in a way you've never heard it before. Verse 4. For an angel went down at a certain time, a certain season, a certain time into the pool and troubled the water. And whoever then was first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Just what... Just waiting for that time to come. And in the process, we're saying, God, come down. Guess what? He did. He's saying, get up. He already came down. This was pre... Oh, you, I never saw this before. I never, I never saw it this way before. And if, you don't, if you have problems with it, I can't help it. We get caught up and fix my situation, fix my circumstances. Don't you see this man was at a disadvantage? And what, what they were saying here, Brandon, was first one in wins. Stand up, guys. Stand up now. The water's going to be troubled at a certain time, at a certain season. And the first one in, the first one in wins. Come on, the first one in wins. Amen. The one with the most toys wins. Oh, come on. Y'all, y'all, y'all going, you're going to get this in a minute. It's like, it's like Walmart on Black Friday sale. There's only one cabbage patch left. Bless God, I'm going to get it. These younger kids are like, what in the world is a cabbage patch? First one in wins. You know what that was? It's a picture of religion. Oh, glory. Saying, okay, whoever has the most titles, whoever has the most anointing, whoever has the most. No, 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 no. You're missing the whole point. See, and they're sitting there, and this guy was at a disadvantage, and everybody else was just saying, come on, let, come on, we're sitting here, Lord. We're sitting here waiting for the water to be troubled, and when it's troubled, I'm going to be the first one in. Religion. You guys can sit down in your seats. Thank you. Give them a hand. Means ever seen those people at Walmart? Means ever seen some of the church people from Walmart? They'll fight you over that last thing. I'm talking about the Black Friday, and then they get it, Danny, and then they're walking out the door singing "Joy to the World." Peace on earth. Peace on earth, brother. Goodwill toward men. And then they're like Sinbad and, and uh, Arnold with the... You guys ever seen that movie? 
Are y'all receiving this? Somebody say, I need to change. So we're waiting for the angel to come down and give us joy. We're waiting for the angel to come down and give us peace. When Jesus said, it is finished. It's a completed work. Amen. You know, we often think we have to manipulate God. Stop begging God. Stop begging God for breakthrough. He's your father. He said it's finished. You know, just the other day, Jacob, Jacob, where's Jacob at? There he is. I'll tell you what, I love that boy. I love both my boys better than anything. But that one back there, if he stays over, you better be ready to feed him. Where's Daniel at? Am I telling the truth, Daniel, Charles? You better be ready to feed that boy. You ever heard that song by Red, Feed the Machine? That's who he wrote it about. You young people. Now, now you guys know. Cabbage Patch, Red. I'm trying to bridge this gap here, James. I'm going to get the Cabbage Patch people with the Red people. And then we'll rock the house. Amen? Rock the baby. Come on. Jacob came in here. He does this all the time. He's been in our house for 25 years now, Tyler. It's about time for him to go, ain't it? I'm kidding. (laughs) He knows I'm kidding. You know I'm kidding. Mama gave me a mean look on that one, Jake. (laughs) He knows I'm kidding. But he's been in our home. He's 25 years old. And he, he comes in... Dwayne, he's, he, he does this all the time. He can, he'll, come, he'll go in there and open up the pantry, and he'll say, Mom, can I cook this mac and cheese? Can I have this mac and cheese? Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, Jacob, you can have anything in our home. This is your home. And if you want food, you don't have to ask. Y'all aren't getting this. And the word says, if we being evil, if our son asks for a piece of bread, if, if, our, if our son asks for some mac and cheese, and we give him a stone, or if he asks for a stone, we give him, you know, you guys know the scripture. Would we give him a, a rock if he asked for mac and cheese? If he asked for some fish, would we give him a serpent? You, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father? So we're going in opening up the pantry and saying, God, can I have this deliverance? 38 years. One of these days, God's going to let me open up that box of mac and cheese deliverance. One of those days, he's going to say, yeah, go ahead. You know what he said, go ahead, 2,000 years ago? When he said, it is finished, he said, you know, he said, I was bruised for your iniquities. Come on, are you with me? He said, the chastisement or peace is up on me. By the stripes that I took, you are healed. We got to stop begging God and, 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 and dealing with the same things over and over and over and saying, all right, I'm going to surrender and God's going to fix it. 
Come on, somebody give him praise in this house. Oh, come on, give him a shout of praise. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you that it is finished. Glory. We're asking, you know, here's the thing. We're asking God to pay for something that's already paid for. You know what I'm saying? We're asking God to pay for something that's already paid for. Now, look what, he, look what his answer is. So we, this guy, this guy, he asked this guy, we got plenty of time, right? He asked this guy, do you want to be well? Look at your neighbor and say, do you want to be well? Look what his reply was. First he says, sir, he was, had good manners, right? He said, sir, I have no one. And you know, I could just hear Jesus said, I didn't ask you all that. Oh, God, let us get this. I could hear Jesus saying, I didn't ask you all that. I didn't ask you about what was around you. What I asked you was, do you want to be well? Do you want In the presence of an unlimited God, we keep trying to give explanations and make excuses. Right? You know, it's basically like, it's basically, Randy, like, G, like Jesus. I know I lost my group around the pool here. But it's basically like this guy was saying, uh, you don't know how it works around here. You see that? You know, Jesus is saying, do you want to be well? And he's like, yeah, but no, there ain't no but. The only but is but God, right? You don't know. You don't know my. You don't know my situation. Everybody sitting next to you has a situation. You got to stop looking at your situation and start looking at God. Somebody help me. You know, I don't think Jesus, I don't think God's ever going to say, you know, if we tell him our situation or if we tell him and we explain to him or we make excuses. I mean, everybody's got an excuse, right? Remember that? You know, what, what was yours? <laughs> I'm not going to ask to go down the road, but when you, you didn't do your homework. Everybody has an excuse, right? What's the most, n- number one? Who said that? Is that Charles? Who said that? Dog ate it. Dog ate it. Could let Wanda tell the one when she was in school when this boy got up. So where's your homework? He started explaining, well, I got this piece of meat stuck between my teeth. True story, right, Wanda? Goes in, speak a long story, Liz. That's why I forgot he didn't do his homework. So my point is, we can all make excuses. Blake's like, what in the world are you talking about? Don't use that one, Blake. Are y'all with me? Daniel, come up and get ready to help me. Bail me out. But here's the deal. When we have these excuses or we have these explanations, how many things Jesus is going to say? Is he ever going to say, yeah, you know, you're right, dude. I forgot about that one when I died. My bad. 
Anybody else need help? How many believes he covered all of it? If you believe he covered, if you believe he covered all of it, shout amen. Amen. So, so we make these, these things. Amen. I have no one. I have no one. Now, in fairness, I understand, Liz, that everything he said was true. What he was saying was true. And in all fairness, it was true. But here's the deal. Faith overrides facts. Every time. Faith always, faith always trumps facts. Essentially, our group was up here. I should have kept you up here. But basically, what this guy was saying was, none of these clowns will help me. Clown. Right? Now, are you all with me? It's not, you know, it's like, you know, we think, it's like, it's like the woman at the well when Jesus said, give me a drink. Jesus said, give me a drink. And, and, and she says, wait a minute, aren't you a, aren't you a Jew? The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus is like, you know, it's not about places or people. Remember, he also said, well, we're supposed to worship in this mountain. We're supposed to worship in this mountain. It's not about places. Right? Well, Jesus basically said, well, you're both wrong. And then he says, well, she says, well, I see you don't have a bucket. Who needs a bucket when you've got the well? Come on, is anybody out? You guys still awake. Who needs a bucket when you have the well? Because Jesus said, if you drink this water, you're going to thirst again. If you drink the water that I give, you're never going to thirst again. So who needs a bucket? And you know what the Lord spoke to me, buddy, when I was preparing this word? We have, we have turned things that are around us into buckets. We don't have a song. We don't have a bucket. We've turned a song, we've turned a sermon, we've turned a church service, we've turned a building, we've turned a denomination, we've turned a religion into a bucket. When we have the whale, chain rock, amen? And what he's saying is, there may be a time when you don't have a bucket, but then you become the whale. Because what he say, out of you shall flow rivers of living water. You become the whale. Amen? Somebody shout amen. amen. It's about worshiping God in the spirit. Amen? Verse 7. So he's telling Jesus, I can't get to the water. I want you to see this. He's telling Jesus, I can't get to the water. Jesus is saying, yep, I already knew that. That's why the water came to you. Right. Come on, give him praise. He says, I can't get to the water. And Jesus says, yeah, I know. That's why the water came to you. I said, the water came to you and you and you. How many is glad the water came to you? Come on, if you're glad the water came to you, give him praise in this house this morning. I know your dysfunction. I know you're messed up. I know you've got all kinds of problems. 
But guess what? The water's coming to you. I said the water's coming to you. And the water, sometimes the water comes to us and we can't see the water because we're, we're still, come on, Blake, help me preach. We're still so caught up in the dysfunction that we can't see the water because we're looking, don't leave me, because we're looking at, we're looking at our own selves and our issues. I want to change. Is anybody with me? I said, I want to change. Does anybody else in here want to change? If you don't feel like you need to change, huh? Yeah, if you don't feel like you need to change, you really need to change. (laughs) Don't you love these guys? I could give this guy the mic right here and he could finish this. All right, you guys can sit down. So here's the deal. Write this down. Breakthrough begins when your excuses end. Amen. Jesus steps over his excuses and gives him a command. And so we're trying to get God, and we've been doing this for years. We're trying to get God to come down so change can occur. Amen? Breakthrough's not when your situation changes. How many knows there's always going to be another situation? Breakthrough comes when you say, I'm not waiting on anybody else. I'm getting up. It's when you say, you want to have breakthrough? Let me tell you how to have breakthrough. Here's how you have it. If you really mean it, you'll have breakthrough when you say, God, change me. Amen? Do a work in me. Now, in closing, in closing, Jesus said in verse 8, Rise, take up your bed and walk. Basically, what he was saying was, take up your mat. You know what a mat was? It's what you slept on. He said, wake up, take up your mat, and walk. Just, just do it. You know, stop worrying about, you know, you got all these religious people that's trying to beat you in the pool with the me first mentality. Stop worrying about them. Just take up your bed and go. And the scripture says, look what it says. Verse 8. Take up your bed and walk. What happened? Everybody say immediately. Somebody shout it. Somebody say suddenly. Come on, shout it again. Say suddenly. And suddenly the man was made whole. And he took up his bed. He took up his mat and he walked. And on the same day, it was the Sabbath Go home and here's your homework. Go home and read the rest of that chapter, and you'll see where the religious leaders popped their head back up again. The water came, the guy was healed. Then, well, 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 the guy's been here 38 years. You know, Ernie's been bound up for 38 years, and God's healing. Somebody said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't do this, it's a Sabbath. Read it. Go home and read it. That's your homework. 
Let God be God. Say it with me. Say, I want to change. Come on, say, come on, say it to me. Let's all stand. Somebody say, change me, Lord. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you. you love us enough to speak to us. And Father, I put myself first. In this congregation, this great congregation. I love what your pastor, what the gentleman said up there yesterday, Dwayne. Kept referring to it as a great congregation. So Father, I put myself first. And I say, search my heart. Change the things, yea, that need to be changed in me. Do a work in me. Change me. I understand there's times when my circumstances don't change. I could preach on, but do you understand that sometimes your circumstances are really designed to change you? Amen. We blame a lot on the devil. We've said this before. It's by God's design to do what he wants to do in you. So I'm going to sing something. Let's have a time of prayer this morning. Search your heart. See if there's anything in you. If you'll, if you'll ask sincerely, I promise you, you probably won't like what you see. The altar's open. If you're hearing... You know, if you don't know Jesus, you've never been saved before, you say, God, I need to change. There's things in me that need to change. And I'm going to stop. If you don't know Jesus, I'm going to stop looking at other people around me. And I'm just going to come to you, and I'm going to surrender. If you would like to know more about Our Father's House and upcoming events, log on to ourfathershouseky.org.